0: One of Ireland's most notorious criminals, been locked up since 2003. Hard man with a reputation for violence, particularly in relation to people who owed him money for drugs. It was a very, very violent incident, and uh, the fact that it happened in front of so many people, it showed at the time he had absolutely no fear. He very much was was vowing to avenge what had happened to his younger brother, and yes, there seemed to be no way back after that.
1: I'm Nicola Tallent. And you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs, and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. He headed up one side of two notorious feuding gangs that claimed 15 lives in 10 years in Ireland's first cocaine war. And even behind bars, Brian Rattigan organised assassinations, drug deals, and terrorised communities with his fearsome reputation. Now, as he prepares for release from jail, claims that he's a changed man who's made peace with his arch-enemy, Fat Freddy Thompson, are being taken with a grain of salt and Gardaí have already drawn up a policing plan. Today, I'm talking to Irish independent crime correspondent Ken Foy, who says the jury is out on what Brian Rattigan will do next, amidst fears that tensions will rise in the organised crime landscape. This is Crime World Extra, a podcast from sundayworld.com. I'm just going to start by asking you about the significance of the impending release of Brian Rattigan.
0: Um, there's a huge amount of concern, I guess, both among Gardy and in the criminal underworlds, and about what's exactly going to happen with uh, Brian Rattigan um he's due to be released from Port Leach prison in around a fortnight's time. Uh he's been locked up since 2003. Uh he'd be one of Ireland's most famous, I suppose, most one of Ireland's most notorious criminals. And in general people are just not very sure what's exactly going to happen um with the release of of this man.
1: What age is he now around Ken? He's 18 years in prison and He's what? What age is he? Brian Ratigan
0: uh, celebrated his forty-first birthday in Portlish Prison on Tuesday last. Um, oh,
1: right, okay.
0: Which was probably one of his more happier birthdays since he's been in there since two thousand and three. Um, yeah. So he's been in jail for a very uh, long stretch of his of his adult life. He's been, this mm. particular stretch he's been in for over eighteen years.
1: I mean that that is a really long for this country. That's you know, a life sentence in actual fact is an average life sentence for murder is 18 years. So he's done that. So we need to go back a bit to, first of all, work out the significance of him in the criminal underworld and also why there is fear and apprehension about his release. Rattigan was a teenage drug dealer, I suppose, who would have cut his teeth Street dealing for John Gilligan am i right
0: yes um i I think so he was he was certainly a, a street tug and he would have come to the attention of Gardee from a very early age as a juvenile and he would you know even at that stage he was he would be known as to be an extremely violent young man basically he he was part of a a, a large enough gang of young fellows from the south inner city and the Crumlin driven areas of the capital um that would have started out as joyriders, you know, minor troublemakers. And they graduated then to being, as you say, you know, being a street dealer far the likes of John Gilligan, graduated to being a local hard man with a reputation for violence, um, particularly in relation to people who, ho- who, owed, um, who owed them money for drugs, etc. Um, but, but this mm. gang of um, teenagers, essentially, um in the I suppose the Celtic Tiger cocaine boom um ended up um making, you know, they were only in their, their late teens, but they were ended up making a huge amount of money from the uh from the drugs trade. Mm.
1: Now Rattigan, I suppose, when he would have only been about 16-ish or thereabouts when he was when he was working for Gilligan, but I recall himself and Declan Gavin standing out in those days um as two sort of very um well, violent, as you say, but also competent dealers. And I think Gilligan saw the potential in them, saw the potential in the market for, and he was dealing cannabis, of course, at the time, the Crumlin Drimna area. And he brought them and introduced them to some of his suppliers, or so the story goes. Um, when Gilligan manufactured his own demise, through the murder of Veronica Gearan and the full force of the state came down upon him, I think there was a big vacuum left there. And the likes of Declan Gavin and Brian Ratigan would have been perfectly positioned um, to, to, you know, to take ownership of some of the, the market that Gilligan had. Um,
0: big time. Uh, but the problem was, um, Gilligan wasn't in jail even that long before this gang of young criminals basically imploded on each other. And it all related to a, a fairly um, large cocaine seizure in the holiday in hotel in Pier Street back in 2000, just the turn of the millennium, really. And um, mm. these guys started blaming each other for who who uh, was perceived to maybe have informed the guardie about um, this big seizure. And it ended up um, the two sides uh, formed two different factions, and one was uh, with mm. Brian Rattigan, and the other um, was kind of led by uh, Fat Freddy Thompson, who's, who's currently serving a life sentence for murder in leash Prison as well, where Brian Rattigan is. So um, this led to a lot of tension between the, the former business partners, and, you know, they, they basically turned on each other. Um, and, and ultimately, it led to, uh, in September 2001, um, Brian Rattigan stabbed uh, Declan Gavin to death in a in a frenzied attack outside uh, the Abra-Kababra fast food outlet in, in Crumlin. Sorry, that was August 2001, Nicola. Mm.
1: Yeah, so up until that point, I think Declan Gavin had sort of held power on one side, Rattigan on the other, and Freddie was sort of a slight underling of of Declan Gavin. But from the moment Gavin was murdered... Uh, Freddie stepped in and took over that side and things get even more vicious after that. But just just on that murder for a minute, um, I think that murder happened the night of Joey Rattigan's 18th birthday party and Joey was Brian Rattigan's younger brother and Rattigan was supposed to have been, you know, attending the party full of cocaine, full of bravado and somebody came in and said that Gavin was up at the takeaway and he basically went up there like a raging bull and went in and I think stabbed him in front of everybody that was looking. It was, it was a very chaotic thing to do.
0: It, it was. It was a very, very violent incident. And a, the very nature of it, the fact that it happened in front of so many people who, you know, clearly knew who Brian Rattigan was, um, it showed at the time he had absolutely no fear. And this was something, when he was finally arrested for it and questioned about by the Gardaí, he he made comments, you know, witness statements were put put to him and he all he would say to them in the interview rooms was things like to the effect that uh, they can say what they want but they'll have to say it in court. As in, he didn't think people would have the, you know, the balls to be yeah. able to, to give evidence against him. He felt he really was um, someone that... People were have every reason to be afraid of.
1: Yeah, and of course they did. Now, himself and Thompson, um, you know, they were like two big alpha males, weren't they, in that already heady environment of gangland? And I think they went at one another, firstly, in a big way. And Ratigan himself was shot. Um just about a year after that Abracabra incident,
0: is that right? Yeah, that happened in um, March um, 2002 and um, Freddie Thompson was identified actually by uh, Rattigan's then-girlfriend Natasha McEnroe as being the shooter. Basically, he burst into the, his uh, Rattigan's home in Cooley Road in Drimna and um, is suspected of shooting him. Uh, Rattigan survived, but he was, he was shot in the stomach and he lost a kidney as a result. Um, of course there had been a a good lot of tension and damage to property and and a lot of threats flying around. But this incident um, certainly very much inflamed um, the the feud, which was, you know, to to become, I suppose, Ireland's um, most bloody feud until the hutch feud kicked off.
1: Yeah, and like what we were talking about there the other week about the Drogheda feud where Owen Maguire was shot and injured, Rattigan was shot and injured and I suppose was... Really, that that hatred was festering. Then, uh, even more so for Freddie Thompson. I'm sure, you know, if you had serious injuries like that yourself, you'd be, you know, you can feel, you know, you're feeling that pain every day. Is going to, you know, you, there's no there's no escaping who did that to you, you know. Um, but his 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 younger brother Joey, who had celebrated his birthday that night of the the incident, he was then shot um, that same year. And if ever there was a way back from any feuding, that was the the, the absolute last straw, wasn't it?
0: Well, it, um, Joey uh, was shot dead um, very close to their home in Drimna in July 2002. And basically, it seems to have had a dreadful effect on Brian in terms that he was... Um, he was very close to his younger brother, and some say that drove him absolutely nuts. And to this day, after the murder, Brian got a tattoo of Joey, which he has uh, inked on his chest as a tribute. Um, But he certainly went off the rails, and he re- very much was, was vowing to avenge what had happened to his younger brother. And yes, th- you're right, Nicola, there seemed
1: to be no way back after that. So did Rattigan's side, our associates, get, get uh, you know, get targets as well on the Thompson side. I mean, presumably over the next few years, it was tit-for-tat murders.
0: Yes, there, there was, but I suppose for the, the final body count, um, the Rattigan side uh, did come off worst. But I guess there, they did have some successes if in a, in a grim kind of way. Um, one of mm-hmm. the most notable was... Um, an associate of Thompson called Paul, Paul Warren, who Rattigan blamed for helping to lure Joey to his death in 2002. And Gary suspects mm. that Rattigan actually masterminded this murder of Warren in January 2005 um, from his prison cell, um, where he was using a, a mobile phone. And um, his enforcer at the time, a criminal called Gary Bryan, who was then later himself murdered as part of the same feud, um, was the actual gunman for for that uh, Execution of Mr. Warren and uh, Gardy believed that Rattigan used a mobile phone to give detailed instructions to another associate of of the gang, who then instructed uh, Brian. Um, Brian was later charged with the murder, but the trial collapsed, as often happened in those times. Um, I suppose when the Gardy don't have the same amount of technology and CCTV and mobile phone. Um, evidence gathering capacities as they do now when they're dealing with gangland murder cases
1: and ratigan was in jail for most of the those years was he or was he in and out yeah well
0: that particular murder in January 2005 um ratigan had been in jail for um, almost two years at, the, at that stage and actually he hasn't he's been in jail constantly since he was serving at that particular time combined jail sentences. Total in ten years for uh, dealing heroin and shooting at Gardy, and as well involvement in a in a kind of a mini riot situation in the South Inner City, uh, kind of a, a, a very serious public disorder thing. So just the, the fact he was in jail certainly had no um, had no impact on his on the fact that he was able to, to direct the activities of a criminal gang.
1: It's extraordinary to think that, isn't it? I mean, and you know we often hear that people are still operating their, their drug businesses from jail. And I think Rattigan was one of them. He he had kind of good associates on the outside and was found in later years to have actually organised a, a heroin shipment. Isn't that right? From his prison cell.
0: That's right. Um, that, that was back in uh, 2008. And Crumlingardy uh, and the, the National Drugs Unit, as they were at the time, uh, were involved in, in an operation where they seized a million euro worth of heroin from um, a number of Rattigan's associates that raided a house in the Crumlin area. And um, in the course of it, they seized mobile phones and they were able to see that, um, in fact, Rattigan was communicating, directing um, the distribution of where, these, where this huge haul of heroin w- was meant to go. So um, on the same day, they secured a warrant and they... Uh, Basically, kicked in Ratigan's door in his cell in Portage Prison, and seized these, seized a mobile phone from him, which was later used in a in a court case um, in which Ratigan was given a, set, a seventeen year jail sentence for um, for controlling that one million euro worth of heroin.
1: Twenty thirteen, he got a seventeen year jail s- sir- term. Yes. So how come he's getting out? Are my mats just completely gone to pot?
0: It's no that was that was backdated to when the original offence ah. had happened, um, which I believe mm. was was back in two thousand and eight, um, and at the time he was he was serving those sentences for what was I guess we outlined there before, but he was later then in two thousand nine to be convicted of the murder of Declan Gavin, and um, the stabbing that had happened, and at that stage it seemed very likely that Brian Ratigan would ever see the the light of freedom at all, but. What mm. happened then was the uh, murder conviction uh, was later overturned. And um, he subsequently, back in in 2019, he then got a nine-year sentence for the manslaughter of Gavin. So all those sentences run concurrently with each other. And uh, with the standard prison remission, um, he's entitled to be released. And we'll be back on the streets now to start next month. I'm glad you are better at the
1: mathematics than I am. I, I couldn't really claim it. Complex? I couldn't claim it. <laughs> So in the meantime, Thompson, Freddie Thompson, and we know a lot about him because of his later involvement in the Kinnahan hutch feud as well, but he was sort of uh, luckier than Rattigan in a way or cleverer, more wily, whatever you'd call it. But he didn't really spend much time in prison in all those years. He was in, in, in engaging himself with the, the Kinnahan mob and was out and about sort of around Europe from around 2007, 2008, and then moving back and forth between Spain, Amsterdam, Dublin. Um, he was constantly in uh, in the papers, really, for all this. But, I mean, it must have been quite irritating, to say the least, for Rattigan from his prison cell to see, to see Thompson just continue with his freedom and, you know, never be caught for, for quite some time. Now, obviously, he has recently received a life sentence for the murder of David Doherty Douglas, a feud murder. But previous to all that, he, he really had enjoyed his freedom for a long time, didn't he?
0: Yeah, and it certainly wouldn't, and it didn't make Rattigan happen that at the time, um, while he was locked up, um, Thompson's um, side of the gang really got the ascendancy and some of um, Ratigan's key associates were taken out you're talking about the likes of Gary Bryan, who I mentioned there was a suspect for one of the murders. He was he was shot dead in Walkinstown in September 2006. And before that, there was John Roach and Noel Roach. Noel Roach, um, which was, he was murdered, shot in a car, a planned killing in Clontarf, which had, which gained huge publicity after he had attended a Phil Collins concert. Um, mm. So Rattigan was in jail, and you know, but on the outside, many of his key associates were being taken out and even this week when Gardaí or when you ask Gardee what do you think the future holds a a common enough um, answer would be that he has been weakened by all these guys that would have been his key lieutenants before he went in or or have been murdered.
1: But bizarrely since Thompson has gone into prison I know you've you've written about this and um, I think you're you're slightly sitting on the fence about what the truth of it is but Um, Rattigan uh, Thompson I think complained about the way he was being housed in Leach Prison and it was because of this sort of fear that this feud this ongoing feud between himself and Rattigan but Rattigan wrote a letter to the courts to state that he had no more beef with with Thompson and that Thompson was safe Um, is it possible after all that's gone on that they have actually settled their differences or is this just game-playing on behalf of Rattigan? What do you think?
0: Well, some, some guarantee would say that that was de- definitely... Um, Rattigan basically swore a, a high court affidavit in support of Thompson's case against the prison service, the fact he was in a restrictive regime. A lot of people were very surprised by this. Um, Ratigan was saying that when he gets out, he wants to lead a law-abiding life, and he was committed never to be returning to prison. Some guarantee that no boat men would suggest that this is some kind of almost a marriage of convenience, that it uh, meant Thompson, it helped Thompson have better conditions in prison and it allowed Rattigan to have, I suppose, basically saying there's no feud and all that kind of stuff. That helps, that probably helps speed up the process of him getting out. But in fairness to Rattigan, um, the killer that he is and he has convictions for so many serious offences... Uh, senior jail sources say that in recent years, uh, Rattigan has you know, has been absolutely no trouble within the prison, no trouble at all.
1: That's interesting because I used to speak with somebody who was a close associate of Rattigan, um, and would have been an elder, so a more mature individual. And they were very fond of Rattigan, thought he was a very decent guy, and all the rest of it, but um said that his main problem in life was anger management and he had this mad sort of anger problem and that, you know, a couple of other people close to him had this same explosion of violence went off in his head and they reckoned if he could be taught how to sort of deal with it, that he would be an all round really good guy. And I don't know, possibly that could also mean he would make a better criminal Um <laughs> if he was able to deal with his, his anger, because if you look at the kind of things he, he did, uh, they were very, you know, lacking control and, um, you know, hot headed, weren't they? And that's what got him big time into trouble. Um, but it will be interesting to see what happens when he comes out. What's your gut instinct on it, uh, Ken, do you actually think that these two men though could bury the hatchet or will it be a case of the scorpion and the frog and if either get an opportunity they won't be able to literally help themselves you know but but try and finish things off gangland style
0: I really, it's, it's just going to be very interesting to observe um, there is you know to use another I suppose old saying about the leopard never changing its spots um, you mentioned there about some of the the v- absolute violence that um, Rattigan was involved in, you know, in the years before he was locked up and even some of the threats and what he ordered from behind bars. So it's, I suppose it, it's very hard to see him as a changed man. But there is certainly a feeling that if he decides to step up uh, as the parlance goes to kind of get involved in a, in a big degree in what's going on now... That he 's very likely not to live for six months that that has been said a few times, so other other Gardaí think maybe he, he perhaps he 'll leave the country it really is it 's hard to know but, but what is for certain if if you 're asking about the feud between Thompson and rattigan, there has been no incidence between the two men since that uh, high court application or since since that kind of very strange evidence was heard in the High Court in October two thousand and nineteen where uh, Ratigan spoke up on behalf of his arch, former arch enemy.
1: I presume that Thompson's associates, however, would be very wary of Ratigan getting out because Ratigan has lost a brother and probably a number of close friends amongst that feud. So, those who are on the outside and closely associated with Thompson would have to be considering. You know, they'd have to be a bit wary of his his release. I am sure. And is there any? Um, is there any kind of plans for Gardaí to step up any patrols or anything in any particular areas or are they going to just wait and see what happens?
0: Well, a, a policing plan I'd imagine of of some sorts will be put in place um, with his release. Uh, Rattigan still has a kind of a a level of support um, and there'd be quite a violent young crew as well of street dealers basically based around the Basin Street Flats, the James Street area. So, you know, some of these would uh, have longstanding historical ties to uh, Rattigan. And in fact, these groupings have been targeted by gardi even the Criminal Assets Bureau um, and the Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau in the last couple of years um, in relation to their activities. So if if Ratigan was to decide, and it's, it's probably likely or it's, it's not inconceivable to, to get involved again, there are people out there, uh, despite so many of his, his main people being been shot dead over the years there are still people out there that would be prepared to do his bidding.
1: Well look possibly age has mellowed him and maybe the idea of either returning to prison or you know finding himself staring down the barrel of a gun isn't attractive and maybe he has decided that he's going to change his ways and live out his his life in peace but for the moment on, on that story Ken thank you very much.
0: Thank you Nicola thanks.